Two Bucks and a Nut is brought to you by Buyers Auto. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyers. Buyersauto.com. It's Two Bucks in a Nut with our two Buckeyes, original silver bullet Matt Vincus and Captain Zach Boren. And you know the nut, Torg. We're getting rolling here. Vincus is out because it's his birthday week. He's like Chris Kardashian. He has to celebrate a week for his birthday. Dude, he told us that. And I'm like, what, a week? What are you doing? Like, He's like what? a 30-year-old woman. I was about to say, what, what? how old is he? How old do you think Vincus is? 47, 48? Nah, he's like in his mid-upper 40s, right? Okay, he's yeah, old, what, old enough to do not do that. It's not his 50th. Like, what, no. what's he doing? I don't know. I, I mean, listen, if I could do it, I probably would. But I wouldn't call it my birthday week. You know, I would just say I'm going on vacation. I wouldn't say it's my birthday party six days before my birthday. Right? You you hit the nail on the head when you said he's like Chris Kardashian. You know, yeah. wants, wants to live it up. But, you know, Chris Kardashian would be somewhere on a beach. Finkus is in Canton drinking at a bar. Yeah, true. If you want a good uh, laugh, shits and giggles, Google the Chris Kardashian, Chris Jenner, 30th birthday video she made for herself. Really? If that doesn't say egomaniac, all she made a video for herself. She made a video for herself on her 30th birthday. Take a uh, look, folks. Google it. Um, it's kind of like when I, I, I feel a little down and I watch Springer. I yeah. feel like self-confident and good about yeah. myself or Maury that I'm not the father, right? Um, watch the Chris Kardashian video of her turning 30 if you're ever feeling down. That that's the Springer and Maury shows are probably the shows once you get once you get home from uh morning radio, those are probably on. That's what you take your nap to, isn't it? You got that <laughs> absolutely. I yeah. absolutely and here's the cousin, you know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and here's that bouncer, you yep. know, yes. Hey, uh, let's go over this Super Bowl because I'm going to use a lot of stuff that um, I've talked to a lot of guys this week about it. Uh, You know, I was having a, even though he's not on the air this week, I was texting with Anthony Munoz about this Friday night. Uh, Tim Crumry is coming on tomorrow, pre-taped. Dave Lapham, the analyst of the Bengals on Thursday, pre-taped. Mike Golick, who I talked to earlier this week, who's doing sidelines for Westwood One. And, you know, I think I've talked enough people about this game in the know where I feel confident talking about it. This Bengals team, and I know there's a lot of people outside thinking they have no shot, but they had no shot against Tennessee. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Definitely had no shot to go back-to-back to to beat Kansas City because they just did it a couple weeks ago in KC, down 21-3, to but they found a way to win that. Um. On paper, people are going to look at it and say the Rams are going to destroy this team. But one thing that I think about this Bengals team talking to these guys is, and you know this too, Zach, because you've won a high school championship. You've been undefeated in college football. Uh, It's one thing I think the Buckeyes are lacking, um, and it's not talent. It's being a team. And I think when you look at this Bengals team, they are every definition of a team. They don't get down when they're down. They find a way to come back. They find a way to get it done. If they need to kick field goals to win, everyone says, oh, you kick field goals. It's it's going to catch you. It's You're not converting to touchdowns. Um, and, and this is something I was talking to uh, Tim Crumry about. It was when you watch this team, and he's a former defensive line coach. He coached in the NFL. He lives in Cincinnati. He goes to all the games. He goes to the road games. He says, one thing 
you know, and he told a story of they were four and eleven the year before they went to the Super Bowl. And he said about halfway during the season, I turned to some teammates and I said, "We got what it takes. We're going to go to the Super Bowl because we're a team." And he sees similar traits in this team. And forget about what happened earlier in the season or losing close games or what happened last year. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. I think the Bengals are a really good team that's peaking as a team at the right time. And you, the outside noise of they can't do it, the outside noise of they're not good enough, they don't give a shit. You know, this Bengals team reminds me so much of the 2012 Ohio State team that I was part of. And, and the reason why I say that is because the year before we had a first losing record in 100 years, we we're going in 2012, you know, no one was expecting anything out of us, didn't think we had the talent to compete, didn't, you know, thought we'd be middle of the road again, thought it'd be that year that Urban Meyer would try and turn things around and a lot of young guys would play and it would set them up for success, you know, in 13, 14, and 15. It's just like this Bengals team going into this year, everyone expected them to finish fourth in the AFC North, no one expected them to make any kind of run. You know, they, they were expecting to play for more draft picks this year, and they thought they were positions away. We thought that, that they were a couple position yeah. groups away from, from making a run. There is one thing great teams have. And, and, yes, they come together as a team, and they're a team. But the biggest thing is the mental mindset. Going in 2012, we knew going in every game, didn't matter what came, came at us, didn't matter if we were down late in the fourth quarter, no one was going to beat us. And we had that belief. And I think – Watching this Bengals team, that's what you're seeing with these guys. They were down 21 to three in Kansas City. No one panicked. They're like, we're going to win this game. And you could just see them kind of stay the course. And that is what great teams have. And I think, you know, like you said, peaking at the right time to go into to Nashville and beat Tennessee. And then last weekend to be down 21 to three, which in my mind, I thought Kansas City. Game over. Had, out of all the teams in the playoffs, the way they were playing, Kansas City was the best team, I thought. For them to go into Kansas City down 21-3 and come back and win that game, uh, it, that it, their confidence is so high. I I don't think there's any way they lose this game this weekend because now they've got the mental mindset that guess what? No matter what comes at us, we're together. We're gonna win the we're gonna win the game. We're gonna find a way, and that's yeah. the most dangerous thing. And, and you know what they have? They have a kicker who can make field goals in a day and age. And I've said this many times: special teams will lose you two games in the league. Special teams yep. will win you two games in, in a season. Uh, this guy has ice in his veins to come out and go, guess we're going to the AFC title game and kicking that field goal. You have a guy where you know, um, and Super Bowls have lost on field goals, Scott Norwood. Mm-hmm. You got a guy you know from a special team standpoint can win a game. Now, I'll bring this up because people are going to bring it up. They, they overcame nine sacks against the Titans. Zach, is your game plan? Because you got a game plan. Uh, as much as I like Isaiah Prince, and he could be a legend. Isaiah Prince could be a legend after this. He really could be a legend. Okay? Um, but, you know, talking to Dave Lapham, he says this team in the offseason, probably from center to the right, you'll see all, you'll see three new guys. They have $37 million to spend. He goes, listen, they're going to spend all of it. Riley Reef can be cut. Um, I think they carry only $2 million over. They lose $12 million if they release them. Uh, he's going to be gone. Um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, guy's a left tackle and he's a below average if that. I think they realized it during the season a little ouchy. Jonah Williams played a little bit better than I thought. If yeah. the solution isn't there, he might continue to be your left tackle. But they're going to, they have the money 
Uh, they, have, they have a lot of it, Zach. They have a lot of money to improve. They're going to improve that that offensive line because I don't think they're going to pigeonhole themselves in the draft, drafting so late where they have to feel like, you know, maybe you get a right tackle, maybe you get a right guard, maybe you get the best center available where they're picking. But you're not going to get the true impact starters unless you hit. Look at what happened with uh, Jackson Carmen. You know, yeah. their second round, he's bad. Um so I don't. I think free agency might be where it's at, or trade with this team. If you're the Bengals and you know you got Aaron Donald, and you know you got Von Miller, and you know you got Floyd, do you screen pass at them? Do you try to do things where where maybe you're doing delayed runs where you let them run in and then you delay it and then you're running right at them. You're screen passing right at them. You're you're using their pass rush, their hunger. You know, talking to Golick this week, he goes, boy, when I was on the Eagles with Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and guys like that, we'd lick our chops at games like this. We'd all like, you know, make bets that we got to get to the quarterback. Who's going to get to the quarterback? I'm sure these guys are looking at their chops. Can you use their aggression against them? You wouldn't million percent can. I think early on this game, I don't know if they're just going to go screen passes, but I think you're going to see. But I mean stuff like that. Yeah, but but you're going to see them go quick to Jamar Chase. You're going to see the little stop routes where, you know, Jamar Chase acts like he's coming off the line, gets there. It's called a now route. Joe Burrow gets it to him very quickly. And guess what? Get the ball in his hands and let your playmakers make moves, right? I mean, besides Jalen Ramsey. You know, the L.A. Rams have had a lot of injuries in their secondary. Jordan Fuller, for example, the kid from Ohio State. Isn't Weddle playing for him? Weddle's playing for him. Yeah, they they picked up a guy who was on the basketball court at the YMCA, and he's been playing for them in the playoffs, right? So you get a guy, dynamic guy like Jamar Chase, you you know, even T. Higgins. You get those guys with the ball in their hands quickly and make those DBs, make some tackles. Not only is it going to be tough on L.A., but then those defense alignment are going to get a quick rush, have to turn and run to the full. Football. Next, you know, you get them tired, you know, and so that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and get those guys tired early on in the game. So then towards the second half, they can start to open up a little bit. And those guys aren't going to have as much juice as they might to begin this game. But, you know, you look at all the matchups across the board. I think the Bengals defense is better than than the Rams. I think as a whole, I think, you know, the, the playmaking capability uh, as a whole is that the Bengals have more with Joe Mixon and T Higgins and Jamar Chase than than the Rams do with basically Cam Akers and Cooper Cup. And yeah, OBJ, but you never know what he's going to get, what, what you're going to get with him. He's been playing really well, but I still think the Bengals have more weapons from that standpoint. The biggest matchup that's going to dictate this game is that LA Rams defensive line versus the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. And I think you're going to see the offense coordinator, the Bengals and Joe Burrow, they're going to put their their offense in situations that those guys, those defensive linemen are going to have to work their tails off to get to Joe. Yeah, and, and when you look at it too, it's not like Jane Ramsey is Darrell Revis. He's, he might be the best in the game, but I also don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to shut down Jamar Chase. No, uh, I agree. I, I, think, I think Joe Burrow is going to look at it as a personal challenge of, you give my guy one-on-one, I'll take it and I'll go. It, it, put it this way. J- at the end of the day, I don't know what will happen when they face off one-on-one, right? I We don't know, okay? It's going to be one-on-one. Jalen Ramsey says, I'm going to take him. I don't think that Joe Burrow is going to not go to Jamar Chase just because Jalen Ramsey is covering him. You know what I mean? Correct. I, and, I, and I think even if there is... Lack of success in the first half, 
I don't think he'll not go there in the second half. Because a lot of guys, uh, you know, Zach, will say it's not working. I'm not going to go there. You know how Aaron Rodgers this year had Devontae Adams and didn't give a shit and kept going to Devontae Adams, yep. especially in that final playoff game? I think he'll keep going there. Uh, people are saying, well, T. Higgins needs to have a big game. They all need to have a big game. T. Yes. Higgins will have that big game. Taylor Boyd needs to have a big game because they can exploit the Rams on the second or third option. They absolutely can. Fourth option if the tight end's playing. Um, you well, know, they'll, it, it, they'll, try to, they'll try to establish the run, Zach, but they've proven in the playoffs if the run isn't there, they can win other ways. Oh, they can't. They, they know they can that they can win games with Joe Burrow throwing the football to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, and some of those guys. They know that. They're going to try and, you know, they're going to try and uh, have the run game going. Joe Mixon was massive in the second half against Kansas City. Joe Mixon showed up well against uh, Tennessee in that game. They're going to try and run the football. But if they can't run the football, I don't think they've got any worry that Joe Burrow and, and his weapons on the outside can't win them this game. And here's the other thing, you know, going against Kansas City, that's that's a prolific offense that, you know, it has so many different weapons and is so hard to defend. I don't think it's that tough of a matchup for, for the Cincinnati Bengals defense to go against the L.A. Rams. You know, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback, but he's not Pat Mahomes. You know, Cam Akers is a decent running back, but he's not anything special. Cooper Cup and, and OBJ, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're great wide receivers. Cooper Cup is one of the best in the game. But you look at those two and then think of a matchup of, of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Hardman for all for the Chiefs. Those are tougher matchups for those guys than than Cup and OBJ. Zach, could I it, could you tell me if I'm wrong with this? But watching these playoffs, I don't think people are challenging Cooper Cup. I think no. they're respecting him too much. I think they're giving him too much space at the line of scrimmage. I don't think they're making it difficult for Cooper Cup to get in his routes for one. And then I think they're giving him too much space for two, hoping that they don't. You know what I mean? Pl- playing so they don't get beat. And giving him the space where they can make a tackle. But I want to see the Bengals challenge Cooper Cup. I think you have to see that. I think so many people are just playing a soft coverage on him, especially Cooper Cup's doing a lot of damage in the slot. And I think they're just, you know, it's almost like that Julian Edelman type of yeah. type of play, right? Remember in Julian Edelman with Tom Brady? You know, he'd line up in a slot and everyone would give him so much space just and they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't challenge him. And, and hardcore man right there. They, you know, they wouldn't challenge him with man in, in a bracket over top of him or, or anything like that. And I think you're going to see the Bengals do that. The, the Bengals, you know, their secondary is such a strong suit for him. Eli Apple is playing great. Von Bell's playing great. Uh, Bates is playing great. There's Bates a whole is bunch of really guys. Well. That, there's a whole bunch of guys that are playing really well that I think you're going to see them challenge Cooper Cup because they're going to have to. And the one thing, and Matt Stafford in the past has taken a lot of sacks. Not this year, yeah. he's right in the middle of the pack. But but I think what he's done is cut down on the sacks and increase the interceptions. Tied for the NFL lead in interceptions. And what you're seeing with Matthew Stafford, instead of him taking the sack, he's believing in his playmakers and throwing bad passes when he's been rushed. The pass rush for Cincinnati is going to be so key because they. this is a quarterback who can fumble the football. We've seen it. Um and he has also thrown a lot of interceptions. I mean, tie Trevor Lawrence this year with interceptions. You can force him into mistakes. You absolutely can. So rushing him, putting pressure on him, maybe you don't get the sack, but you can also swap that ball out, 
force him to make bad passes and make him make mistakes because he will make mistakes as good as he's been. And he's thrown a lot of touchdown passes. I mean, he's got 41 touchdown passes. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. I think he's led the league in touchdown passes right off the top of my head, but he's also led the league in interceptions. So that's yeah, well, well, so there is, there is a recipe for disaster there. Well, look at what the Rams have done so far through the playoffs. So you, you saw, you know, we'll just say their last two games when they played Tampa Bay, right? The Tampa Bay, they came out with their hair on fire in the first half and got ahead. And then look how many mistakes they made late in that game that Tampa Bay came back and was able to tie it, you know? And so you look at all those mistakes that they made in the second half. That was huge. Look Defensive at the game. confusion cost the Bengals with that corner blitz and Winfield on the receiver on Cooper Cup. They screwed the Buccaneers. up. Yeah, the Buccaneers. The Buc- I mean, yeah. they they admitted that they did not hear, and there was confusion with the defensive call. They went all out blitz pretty much on that last yeah, play. Yeah, and, and but but the Rams made a bunch of mistakes late in that game. They you did. look at their you look at their game against San Francisco. That entire first half, they made so many mistakes against San Francisco. And in my mind, if San Francisco doesn't have Jimmy G and has someone else, they win that football game. They, but you know, can can I be a Browns fan? Can I be yeah. a Browns fan for a second? Broken thumb. Throwing hand. I mean, I'm not dissing Baker, but other hand. So broken thumb. He's already had surgery. Broken bone in his thumbs. And then didn't he have like a sprain MCL or something going on with his leg? So I'm just saying. it's Still don't ex- love it. it no, I, well, he's better than Baker. Um, and we'll get into um, where he's going because Jimmy G's on the move. But extremely hard to come back. That's why I knew when the Rams had the lead lady when we talked about this well, last week, he wasn't yeah. going to come back. No, he, no, no. He, he wasn't. He's not the they guy. Weren't, but but my point is the L.A. Rams still made a bunch of mistakes early in that game yeah. to put them behind, and they had to claw back to win that game. Yeah. Uh, final prediction, and we can break down the game. Uh, 27-24 Cincinnati. Oh, 27-24. Yes. Hey, what? It was 27-24 last week against Kansas – or two weeks ago against Kansas City, no, right? doing it again. And what was the game against Tennessee? Was that 27-24? No, no. I thought it was 16. Didn't they have uh, – Yeah, I don't care. I'm going, maybe. 20, I'm I going 27-24. You're going 27-24, huh? Yep. I am going to – Bengals, go, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to go 38-31 Bengals. I like it. I like it. Hey, let's go over real quick – the NFL coaching jobs, because to me, usually when teams hire head coaches, you look at a team and go, wow, they really improved hiring this guy, or they really look good hiring this GM. I have to be honest with you. I think it's all, I think they all did a shitty job. You know who I like? You know who did the best job hiring? Cause they're going to get Rick Spielman to run the show and urban, even though I like urban, it just wasn't a good fit for him. I don't think the NFL is a good fit. I think, I, I think, I think Jacksonville hiring Doug Peterson coming from where they've, they've been the last two years. Um, I think urban, I think urban's going to come back in two years and coach somewhere in college football and be fantastic. But if I look at, at realistically, and I don't think Jacksonville's going to the playoffs. I'm just saying who's been hired as the head coach and who's upgraded their team, right? Take, take a realistic look, Zach at the teams and tell me outside of Jacksonville who's improved. Cause I think they've all done a shittier job is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I, I Let's go just, through it. Dennis I, Allen and the saints. Bad, bad move. Okay. And, and sh- you know why Sean's painting painting smart? Because we talked about it last year. They were so over the cap. They kicked the can down the road. They did lose some players. Yeah. They're 80 million over the cap. Sean Payton knew he kind of got away with it last year. I pushed things down. 
$80 million over the cap this year. I'm going to lose everybody. Dennis Allen failed with the Raiders, if memory serves me correct. Dennis Allen will fail with the Saints. So they did not get better. Let's no. go with the Texans and Lovey Smith. Awful. Awful. Okay. Higher. They did not get better. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. I think they – I listen, I, I'm not the one to praise Doug Peterson that he's all world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as an organization having Rick Spielman run, assuming he is, he will, run everything with a guy who's won the Super Bowl as your head coach, give you some stability. I I think they're making some pretty good offensive. Caldwell is going to be their defensive coordinator. I think that they're a six-win team. And that means they're better, Zach. Trent Trent Baalke is still involved. If Trent Baalke is involved. You know what, though? If Trent Baalke's involved, bad situation. I, I agree with you, but Rick Spielman's going to be his boss, and Baalke's going to be out the door at the end of the season. I, I don't care. If the Jagu- if, if Shad Khan was smart at all, their home run hire, they would have won the sweepstakes of all the head coaching hiring if they would have fired Trent Baalke and brought in Byron Leftwich and let Byron Leftwich pick who he wanted to come I, in to run I, the team. I would agree with you, but I think Rick Spielman's a really good guy to run the show. No, he, he is. I, but, I think but he's why, put some talented Why you couldn't get rid of Trent Baalke and bring in Byron Leftwich, who would be great for Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback I agree with you. guy, super I, look, smart, knows Jacksonville. You're not, you're not going to get any argument, but I don't think you can. I'm not a huge Doug Peterson fan, but I think they improved. Right? That's the conversation. Yeah. Who improved? Okay. They improved. They improved. Um, Miami Dolphins went from a guy who will chew your ass to a guy who will give you a sticker. Uh, a smiley face sticker. I like Mike McDaniel's personality, right? I I like him. I think he's highly entertaining. But Zach, can a football team, will a guy in that locker room respect a guy who really didn't play? Played at Yale. Did he even start? Yeah, I I don't know. I love. He hasn't done it. I love the guy. I love love his play calling. I love his uh, the the way that he sets up playmakers to to make plays. I love the way he doesn't call plays. No, I know, but I I love his mindset from that standpoint. I do too. His creativity. If you want creativity and you're the Miami Dolphins, you should have went with Eric Bieniemy. Not not. Not, not Mike McDaniel. I worry, Zach, and I and I do. I like Mike McDaniel. Um, too analytical because he's analytics. See, this is this is my Extreme opinion. You, you can com- you completely disagree with me if you want. To me, when Baltimore hires Sashi Brown, goes analytics. When Minnesota hires the guy who served me at Applebee's and the Browns, and they go all Moneyball. To me, Moneyball is a convenient convenient excuse in the NFL to say. Oh, we played the numbers if this didn't work out our way. But when you really consider analytics, and they've been used in football, they're just numbers, Zach. People have been using yeah. numbers going for two forever. So let's not confuse the two things. Oh, analytics is new. Bullshit. You're a nerd idiot who doesn't know football. But when you're telling me, oh, it's fourth and three, they have a 56% chance of getting it. Who's your personnel? What's the weather? Where are you playing at? What play are you going to run? Who are you playing against? What's your personnel? There's too many. Are you home and away? There's yeah. too many moving pieces to just take a fourth and three and say, oh, it was the right call because it was the, the chart said 56% of the time. This isn't baseball where a player hits the ball to the left field 85% of the time. This is professional fucking football. I've talked to Keith Law about this, who's the best analytics guy in the game. He says it won't work in football. Too many moving parts. I believe him. He says it's a useful tool, and it is a useful tool, and you should use all your tools. 
But when you go full-on analytics, that's the football nerd saying, well, we got a 52% chance of getting it, so let's go for this fourth and one. It lost Baltimore two games this year. It's cost countless teams games. It's easy to go for fourth and two when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. When you're Shane Mannon on the road against Green Bay in nine degrees and you say, we got a 56% chance to go. No, you got zero fucking percent chance to make it because he's Sean Mannon. Analytics are useful. I'm not saying that it's there's not a place for it. But if you're going all in money ball, you're the smartest guy in the room who thinks he is, is usually the fucking dumbest. And whoever's going money ball will fail. I don't disagree with you, which is why I don't love the hire. I, I love I love Mike McDaniel. I love the, you know what he was doing in San Francisco. I do. I'm with you. I absolutely love it. He's but, a useful tool. Useful tool. And I but, don't mean a tool. He is a tool. I mean, he was useful no, no. as a tool. Right, right, right. But I don't like him as a head coach whatsoever, especially, no. especially a locker room that was rallying around Brian Flores. And there's a lot of guys who liked it and you could or liked him. And you could tell they were changing a culture. You bring in a guy like Mike McDaniel now, the worst thing for that locker room. I wish Finkus was here because he tells the story about when he played with the Jets and Bill Parcells came in with his rings and said, you want to win one of these? You listen to me. How is Mike McDaniel going to get control of that team? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Let's go to my Vikings Moneyball. Kevin O'Connell's never called a play. The year he did call play with the Washington Redskins, their defense was ranked worse in the league. I think this is a horrible hire. I think they'll win seven games because they're talented. Zach, when you look at a team, I'm going to give you the scenario and you tell me how to fix it. A team that gives up more points than anyone in the NFL in the history of the league at the end of both halves. A team that lost eight games by a touchdown or less. That tells me, just my opinion, I never played, but I've watched enough of it, talked to enough guys. That tells me you don't do the opposite of what you did. you got to change the culture and get tougher defensively and improve your defense. It means you're not far off. It yes. means you, just need, you need to change the culture. You need, it's the mentality that we talk about, which makes the Bengals so good. It's just the mentality. You're, you're not far off, but instead they're trying to reinvent the wheel. They, they went, they think they're the smartest guys in the room and they went the exact opposite of what they were before. Um, it, it's ridiculous to me. And there's a lot of stuff coming out of Minnesota. I've talked to enough guys who cover the team. Mike Zimmer had a mental breakdown after week 16. I mean, I don't know if you've heard about that. His two-hour mm. speech of the team where mm. he started blaming Teddy Bridgewater's blown knee in training camp, and he just went off the rails. He didn't talk to Rick Spielman the last eight weeks. He wouldn't say hello to players in the halls. Players would reproach him, approach him and say, hey, what's up, coach? He wouldn't. There was a disconnect between him and the offense almost to where players said they despised me because I played offense. Young players would ask him for feedback. He wouldn't get it. Young players wanted playing time. He wouldn't give it to him. Patrick Jones, a young defensive end from Pitt. Uh, you know, he hated, despised young players. Uh, Danzler, their starting corner. Uh, it seemed, and it, it shows, bottom five defense last year, bottom two this year. Uh, Mike Zimmer became a 65-year-old grumpy old man who was out of touch. So what do you do? You bring in someone younger who can relate to players, but not necessarily change everything. They changed everything. Minnesota, after next season, they'll be seven and seven and ten. They'll be a bottom five football team the next two years until they get rid of Moneyball and the guy who is my DoorDash guy, Kevin O'Connell. Um, <laughs> he looks like my DoorDash guy, Brian Dayball and the Giants, Zach. You want to know something? If there was, if there's another, if there is a 
head coaching candidacy that I probably you feel the most comfortable about Jacksonville. This I, is the one I probably feel the most comfortable about. I love what Brian Dayball was able to do in, in Buffalo with 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 Josh Allen and the running game that they were able to do. Set up Stephon Diggs. If you can keep Stephon Diggs happy in Buffalo, New York, you're 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 doing pretty good. And so you know, I I, I love what Brian Dayball is able to able gonna going to be able to do with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is not as good as Josh Allen, but kind of the same build, can run, can do some of the same things. Saquon Barkley is going to get a brand new, fresh uh, uh, breath of air with, with him coming in there with some of his ideas. I don't hate this hire. I don't think they hit a home run, but I don't hate the hire. All right, this is where I'm going to go with Brian Dayball. I'm just going to throw throw out facts. Assistant with the New England Patriots, pretty good. I, mean, I think all assistants yeah. with the Patriots are good. Went with the Jets as their offensive coordinator. Um, coach, I think he was the, oh, excuse me, he was the quarterback coaches, coach. Um, not great. When they fired Mangini, they fired him. Went to the Browns as offensive coordinator. 32nd ranked offense his first year, 29th ranked his second year. Then went to the Dolphins. Uh, 30th ranked offense to 20th ranked offense. Um, Dayball, one year, went to the Chiefs. Uh, then with Romeo Cornell because of the connection with the Chiefs. They were 2-14. and 14. Dayball fired the next season. Went back to the Patriots. Did well. He's with the Patriots. Went to Alabama. Did well. Nick Saban. I worry, and I don't know if he'll do well or not. He, you know, I'm just predicting here. When I look at a coach, Zach, who go, takes over an offense, I want to see if he can do more with less. Meaning, you're with the Browns. They suck. Can you take that 32nd ranked offense and can you make them 15? Yeah. Right? So I worry about a guy, worst offense in the league with the Browns, third worst the next season. Dolphins improves them 10, but then gets fired. Chiefs, 2 and 14, gets fired. Has had success with New England, Alabama, and Buffalo. And with Buffalo, Zach, I guarantee you the next guy who comes in is going to do great. Because he's got Stephon Diggs, a good offensive line, good receivers, and Josh Allen. So I just worry from the standpoint, is he good coach or has he been in good situations? That's the question. It's, it's, it's a good argument. It's a decent argument. I don't know if I'm right. I'm just throwing it out there. You want to know something, but maybe he learned something. You know, coaching is all about, always about involving. Coaching is always about yep, changing right. it and not being the smartest guy in the room. That's a common theme of, of this podcast today, right? Maybe yep. Brian Dable realized, you know, that, hey, maybe I'm not the smartest guy in the room when he went back to New England. And then when he went to Alabama, then when he went to Buffalo. You might be right. He learned. He's been in three really good situations, and maybe he learned a lot from it. Look at what Lane Kiffin talks about what he learned at oh. under Nick Saban. Yeah, look it, at that. It kind of turned Lane Kiffin into a good coach, and I think Lane Kiffin is a good coach. Oh, I now. think Lane Kiffin's a great coach. Uh, Josh McDaniels in, in the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'm going to say this. I have taken a job before in Detroit just, you know, five years ago, uh, maybe less than that. Yeah, five years ago. And I gave my word. I didn't sign a contract. And then I reneged and stayed in Columbus. A lot of people rip Josh McDaniels for it. Um, sometimes you don't know a person's situation. You don't know his family. If I'm not going to rip a guy for taking a job and turning it down just because I did. So it's hard for me to be a hypocrite. I could see why people don't like Josh McDaniels for that same reason. The same reason why I know CBS Sports hates my fucking guts, um, right? And they have every right to. 
Um, so with Josh McDaniels, I do think there is the worry about the Patriots head coach. When you look at the Broncos, too much power for a young guy. You can't have a first-time head coach run your entire football operations and then be the yeah. head coach. I'll give him a pass for that because he did win a playoff game. Uh, what do you think of Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? Uh, you know, I, I like the hire, but this is where I struggle, Torg, is, is, you know, Josh McDaniels sold, the you know, Davis on Derek Carr's my guy. This is a game plan I have with this offense, this and that. I think Derek Carr isn't the guy. I think they need to go out and get someone. I don't love Derek Carr as a quarterback. Maybe, you know, maybe in that New England style of offense that you see Mac Jones being successful at this past year, you saw Tom Brady be successful at for Double how long? Double tight end. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, maybe, maybe Derek Carr, that sets him up more for success. I just don't love Derek Carr's game. So, you know, the, the mindset of Josh McDaniels going in there and blowing all this smoke about how well he can do with their current roster. I don't know if I, I, to me, that just only sets you up for failure. I think you need to go in there and say, Hey, you know, I need to, I'm going to have an open mind. I need to see what we have. I need to, you know, I need to coach in a way of I'm going to, I'm going to do what's best for the team with, with the talent that we have and, and who we have in, in key position, in key positions. He can't act like the Raiders team this past year. He just comes in and changes it and they're a Super Bowl team. No, they got they got hot at the right time, and that's why they're yeah, right there. Yeah, you, you can't act like that, and that's the way he's acting. He thinks they've got all the pieces in place, and it's just, hey, I'm the smart guy. I'm going to come in. I'm going to reinvent this offense with every single weapon that we have currently, and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. It just doesn't work that way. No, and I and I agree with you. I think Derek, Derek Carr is probably between 15 and 19, you know, ranked as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to the playoffs. Was this the first time he got to the playoffs, correct? At first time, um, I think, ever. They've been, like, one of the most penalized teams in the league for, like, the last five years. Their discipline is awful. I think you'll improve that team just by getting them on the same page and a little discipline like Zach Taylor did with the Bengals two years ago. Um, it's tough because they have really struck out on a lot of draft picks. Yeah. And they really had a lot of draft capital, and they've really struck out. Now, they do have good some pass rush. They do have some good players. Um, they've been snake bit with Damon Arnett, who's crazy, He's screwed yeah. up again. Uh, a wide receiver who killed someone drunk driving. They've had a bad, a lot of bad luck. I don't know, Zach, if you're the Raiders, if you do a total rebuild or try to tweak what you have. I think it's one of the toughest decisions, along with the Vikings in the league. Here's here's what you have to realize, though. You're in the a you're in the uh, AFC West, right? Where you're in a division with Kansas City, Denver. LA Chargers and you. Yeah. You you look at those teams and look at what they're what they're doing. Granted, Denver, Matt, who knows? But Kansas City's around the state for a long time. The Chargers are only getting better. You can't act like the, the team that you have right now is going to defeat the Chargers and, and the Chiefs just by different play calling. In my mind, you know, this name's been thrown around and I would love for the Browns to go after him. But if you're LA or if you're Las Vegas, maybe you do this. Go after Russell Wilson, right? It, Ru go go I'm, after that guy. I'm, I'm, you know what? And here's the thing. I think, and I was talking to Mike Golick about this. Everybody assumes that, and he used the Browns for an example. Said this is what happened with the Browns. The Browns wanted Russell Wilson. The agent, they would call the agent, and the agent would say, no, we don't want him. Um, it's very easy to say, go get this guy. But if a guy's not available or doesn't want to go there, it's hard, and you're not going to get him. 
I think Russell Wilson would actually go to the Raiders. I, I think, think he I, would too. But I don't think he'd go to the Browns. A lot of no, people I th- think, no, I think, I he think he'd go to the Raiders. He'd absolutely go to the Raiders. Now, it might cost you two twos uh, and two ones, but I think that the Matt Stafford trade, the Von Miller trade, the Jalen Ramsey trade proves that if you feel you're close, you go all in. That's why we're going to get to the Browns because I, I think yeah. there's a guy that's targeted there that will go there that they need to go all in on. Um, but, yeah, the Raiders should do that if they feel they're close enough, Zach, and I'm not sure if they're close enough. I'm not I'm not sure if they're close enough, but, uh, you know, you, you think about what Russell Wilson would be able to do in a Patriots-style offense with oh, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I mean, it sets up Russell Wilson for so much success, sets a team up for success. You still have got Josh Jacobs, who's a phenomenal running back. You still got Hunter Renfro, who's a great yep. slot receiver. Yep. You still have some weapons to build around. I just don't think Derek Carr's your guy. And maybe, you know, hey, throw Derek Carr at Seattle, and maybe you don't have to give up two ones and two twos. Maybe you don't have to give up that much. And maybe, you know, Seattle thinks, hey, we can do something with Derek Carr. Yeah, I think Seattle's going to be at a position. I don't think it's now because Pete Carroll's running the show. But if I, I, I think once they do the rebuild, that's when Pete Carroll walks away. So yeah. you're going to know when Seattle trades Russell Wilson – It'll be the same time Pete Carroll goes away. Because from a Pete Carroll standpoint, and he's not a loser, Zach, the best chance for Pete Carroll to win is Russell Wilson. He doesn't want to give that up. Yeah. So for him, well, how do I win football games if I'm Pete Carroll? I'm not going to – I'm 60-some years old. I'm not going to sit by a rebuild. Right. Uh, the best way for me to win is Russell Wilson. That's why I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, Matt Eberfluss and the Bears. I think the Bears struck out. You think – yeah, I really think, you know, it, as well as he did with the Indianapolis Colts, I think the Bears needed a home run higher, and I think they hit a double or a single. <laughs> I, I don't I don't love I don't love the higher. Why why they didn't go out and get a top notch offensive mind to pair up with exactly. Justin Fields is asinine. It's asinine. I, I don't you know, I, I said you think because, you know, being a smart ass. Yeah, why you would go get a defensive guy when you've got Justin Fields, one of the young, young, bright stars of the NFL? Absolutely, mind. They're going to screw up another quarterback, another first round early pick, Zach. They're going to screw up. Exactly what you're doing. Two in a row. Exactly what you're doing. Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. I think this is a ploy to um, I think this is a ploy to get Aaron Rodgers in Denver. And Nathaniel Hackett has done good things in Green Bay as their offensive coordinator. But I think when you have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, a good offensive line, I don't really know how. And Mike McCarthy, let's be honest, addition by subtraction. Um, How much play calling is Nathaniel Hackett doing? Um, I think this is a hire for Denver to get away from the defensive guy. And I also think it's the hire to get. Aaron Rodgers in Denver, and I think that's why they hired him. I could see it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers can go to Denver, though. That's the issue. You know, he might have a great relationship with with uh, you know with Hackett, but I I think it's Green Bay or he retires, Zach. I think it's Green Bay or retires. I don't think they're gonna see. I don't think so. I can see him going to a Tennessee. I could see him. Tennessee already said they came out yesterday and said not happening. No, see, I could see him going to Tampa Bay. No, I could see him. Guess where he should go? Where one team that because this is people discount this, 
But I'm but with the moves the Browns can do, the Browns have 37 million of cap space. Jarvis Landry goes, that's 15 million. The Browns with th- three or four moves I read the other day can create 40 million dollars in cap space, right? So that means you have 77 million dollars to spend. You call Aaron Rodgers and you say, Aaron, we want you. We're willing to come to Cleveland. We will make you the highest paid player in the game with guaranteed money. And you give Aaron Rodgers a two-year deal worth $70 million straight, all guaranteed. Now, it's a $35 million cap hit, so you're not spending the $40 million cap hit, cap hit. But you're giving him seventy million guaranteed. I think that's the highest player. Maybe maybe you have to go seventy five million. Whatever you have to do. But you tell Aaron we're good because the Vikings did it with Kirk Cousins, where the whole contract was guaranteed. Yeah. So no one can freaking tell me they don't do guaranteed money. You tell Aaron Rodgers with guaranteed money for the next two seasons, you will be the highest paid player in the game. Then you once Aaron commits, and I don't think he would say no because he'd look at the team and go, "Okay, I do need a receiver." But I can get a receiver. Yeah. I got the best offensive line in football. I got the best running backs in football. I got the best tight ends as a group in football. All you got to do is get me receivers. That can be done. I played with bad receivers. So then the Browns call up the pack and say, all right, we got the 13th pick. We'll give you two number ones and two number twos. Because that's all Ray and Rogers going to play two more years. Two number ones, two number twos. If you want a number three the final year, we'll give you that. And you want Baker Mayfield? And then you could facilitate a trade for Baker Mayfield somewhere to like Carolina or someone who needs a quarterback for a second or third round pick. I don't I don't think the Packers, maybe they do. They take Baker Mayfield, kind of like what the Lions did with Jared Goff. Yeah. But you could you could find a home for Baker Mayfield. Let's not think that but, someone but will look at him as a commodity. But Torg, I don't even think they need a trade for him. Aaron Rodgers is a free agent, isn't he? I think no, he's, he's not. Agent. He's got another year left on his deal. I thought it was the, a player option deal. No, I no, think. it was it's still one more year, but the problem with it is the Packers are so far over the cap, 50 million, that they would have to do something with his contract to keep him. Uh Zadarius uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith getting them, releasing them is 30 million dollars under the cap. So you're still going to be 20 million under. Basically, what the Packers would have to do, the way it would work out, Zach, is they'd have to outright release him, trade him, or restructure his deal, and that's up to him. So that's the three options the Packers. Because if you look at the Packers cap situation, they have to do something with Aaron Rodgers. And Devontae Adams is the free agent. So they can remember Aaron Rodgers has made it clear that I will let everyone know before the franchise deadline because the Packers are going to franchise Devontae Adams. Right. So that's why he's um, so you're a Packer franchise. If you franchise Devonte Adam, that's another 20 million. Now you're 70 million over the cap. So the Packers would look at it and go, we don't want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but you're giving us two first, the 13th overall, where maybe we get Pickett, maybe we get a quarterback. Maybe yep. we like love. Maybe we get Baker Mayfield because I still think it would be the same cost. And now, all well, right. I don't think they can go after a quarterback. They, they just drafted. No, that's what I said. Maybe they do like a guy. Maybe they happen to like a guy. Maybe they don't. But you're you're for the next two seasons, if you're Green Bay, you've got a decent football team. Still pretty decent. Yeah. Two first, two seconds in the next two drafts. And then your cap problem has gone away. And, yeah, then, you could, I mean, and then you could take Devontae Adams, Zach, and trade Devontae Adams – 
to someone else for another first round pick. You could have three first round picks. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. That's do that. the route the Packers have to go, regardless of whether Aaron Rodgers is to the Browns. And Browns fans, don't tell me he wouldn't come there because Green Bay is the shithole armpit of America. I've lived there. Zach knows it too. He's been there. I know. Um, but the Packers have to trade Aaron Rodgers. They don't have a choice. Be- teams have buried themselves in the cap, like the Saints, like the Packers, the Vikings. Vikings have to either trade Kirk Cousins or redo his deal. That's how it is. And the Packers are either going to have to make Aaron Rodgers uh, redo his deal or release him. And they're going to redo his deal or trade him. That's the way it is. Yeah, they'll probably have to. I, you know, you bring up Aaron Rodgers and the Browns, I think. You know, the Browns have the money. I think, you know, it's wishful thinking if you're the Browns. I think there might be some better situations for Aaron Rodgers, but maybe. But who has the money? Because what's going to entice Aaron Rodgers, Zach? Okay, if you're Denver and you have some money, so you're going to have to make some more moves to get to get Aaron Rodgers to go there, right? But as Aaron Rodgers, if you're if you're go between Green Bay and Cleveland, yeah. But- and if I'm Cleveland, I make uh, more guaranteed money available to you. You're telling me just because I, I who gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl, Denver or Cleveland? Uh, but it's Tor- about winning and money. Cleveland, Cleveland for sure, and that goes back to my point. I don't think it's a money thing. I think late in your career like this, Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl. Oh, Zach, it's about deal. money too. That's what it, what last year was about. Yeah. They redid his deal to give him more money. He yeah. wanted more money. He felt disrespected. Yeah, but, That's but why I also, he did it. But I also think he stuck up his middle finger about the money because the front office was was pulling all these shenanigans, drafting oh, I agree, in the but... first round, and you know I think that was his way of sticking his middle finger up to them. Like, okay, if I'm gonna put up with this, I'm gonna get paid to. But when did it get cleared? It all got it all got worked out yeah. when they decided to pay him, right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, uh, we're sorry. It wasn't any of that. Yeah. Well, well, I think from that standpoint, he's like, if I'm gonna put up with this bullshit, I might as well yeah. get for it. And and I think that he's going to get paid. And I don't. If you look at his deal now, he would gladly gladly redo it, and he's yeah. going to make some money. I don't know yeah. how they're going. His whole thing was the guaranteed money on the deal, and he got that up front. His next deal is going to be the same thing. If even if he redoes his deal with the Packers, uh, Zach, he's going to say, "Where's my guaranteed money?" And they just can't yeah, do that. Will. Yeah. They the Packers have signing Aaron Jones. They went all in. Teams go all in, and then you got to pay the price. Saints went all in a couple years ago. They paid the price. The Rams went all in. They got rid of Goff's contract. They made the necessary moves to get out of it. When you go all in, Eagles. Eagles a few years ago at the Super Bowl. Look what happened with the Eagles. They had to release a bunch of players because they went all in. Yeah, I just don't think if you're the Browns, I don't think you can give up this year's pick because at 13, there are some dynamic wide receivers. But that's that the only going... way you're going to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. That's the only way you yeah. got to give to get. The Packers are – because the Packers know once Aaron Rodgers goes to the Browns, our first-round picks that we're getting is 25 to 30, right? Yeah. So who get, that's, like the, that's how the Rams screwed themselves or the Lions screwed themselves. You're getting the last second-to-last pick in the draft – and then something number 27 next year, and you had to take Jared Goff. They got bent over, yeah, right? They did. Didn't they? they? Did. Yeah. Yes. They did. I'm sure at the time they thought, oh, the Rams will pick number 20. Maybe they, you know, right? Right? Yeah. And then it turned out the wrong way. It was horrible for them. All right. We'll recap the Super Bowl next week. Uh, we made our Super Bowl predictions from a betting standpoint. We both take the Bengals, obviously, since we picked them. Uh, anything else, Zach? Order a no. dumpster from the Boren Brothers? Yeah, order a dumpster. Come on. There you go. What's your office number? Or give a website. 614-397-9688. All right, beautiful. See you, buddy. See you.
Since 1897, Myers Auto has been serving Central Ohio's transportation needs. When we first opened our doors, we sold horses. Our vehicles were fueled by oats and hay, required saddles, not seatbelts, and had shoes instead of tires. You could say we've been in the transportation business since tailgates had actual tails, all the way from horses to horsepower. Today we have 14 brands, 8 convenient locations, and over 3,000 vehicles in stock. So when you're in the market for your next vehicle, remember, buy your auto from Buyer's Auto. Get two bucks in a nut on the new QFM96 app, QFM96.com, the QFM96 Facebook page, and iTunes.